the service today. I'm excited to see what he has in store. Please turn with me to Mark chapter 1. Actually, let's go to Mark chapter, uh, yeah, let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before me, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John, uh, verse 4, John did baptize in the wilderness and preach baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and they were baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. So what we're going to talk to uh, about today is the word simple of the, uh, the word that is we call repentance. Repentance is a thing that um, many of us struggle to deal with. Why would God want to forgive our sins? Why would God want, uh, why would he care, why would he love us enough to be able to forgive our sins? But it is written in the Gospels, of how he came and died for our sins so that we could say, I'm sorry, Lord, and turn around into a new leaf. Um, there was a uh, story about uh, in the lesson today um, about um, South, in South America. I'm going to read it real quick. Um, praise the Lord. In the high country of Colombia, South America, Eucharist, a woman who was the first person to take the gospel to the mountain people, shepherded Bill Dross to, rope, to a rope bridge spanning a river about 100, miles wide, 100 yards wide. A mule awaited Bill on the other side for his ride to the top of the mountain. The ascent was sometimes the width of a man and sometimes the precipice plunged far into the valley below. The trek took most of the day, and after reaching his destination about 7 p.m., Bill lay exhausted on a bag of coffee. Man, that was a pretty good nap right there, on a bag of coffee. In about 30 minutes, more than 200 people had gathered to hear him speak. Prayer continued into mil into, until midnight, and Bill told those who wanted to be baptized to wait a day or two so he could explain the scriptures concerning baptism. Early the next morning, a man named Julio came to Bill as he was shaving. I want to be baptized, but I'm not sure I can be. He was dealing with the complex of how Jesus could love him right there. And, oh, why not, asked Bill. You see, I have three wives. We've run into a predicament. I don't know which to leave and which to take. It seems to me that I have to make a decision. Bill didn't know what to tell the man, me neither. So he said, wait until tomorrow and I will let you know. After that night's service, Bill took his flashlight and the Bible and went into the coffee bushes. Kneeling down, he placed his Bible before him and prayed, God, there is something in your word that will settle with this. I know, and I don't know where it is. You have to help me. 
Bill let his Bible lay open and his his eyes lighted upon the words from Revelations of first love. Bill thought, this can't be for the fellow. This is talking to the church. But after revealing, after turning off his flashlight and waiting in the darkness, Bill said, Lord, reveal to me what you want. Again, Bill let the Bible fall open, and once more, first love was before his eyes. Lord, I don't know, but this is what you have given me. So I'll tell this man. Julio was waiting for Bill, and he went to shave at 6.30 a.m. It's getting up early. What is the answer? I'm sorry, Bill apologized, but I can't get anything else but these two words, first love. That's it, Julio exclaimed. What? Bill asked, and he, he was intrigued. What, what was Julio talking about? I'm glad the Lord has shown you because the first wife that I want was the one I loved, but she has left me. I must go and get her if I can try to bring her back so that we can live a Christian life. He had to go back to his first love. That's what repentance is, is going back to your first love. Realizing that God is the answer. That God is the only one that can save you. And saying, I'm turning away from the world. I'm turning away from all of my second and third and everything. Because you, I, I heard something on a video. You're married to something. If it's, if it's not a, a marriage to a person, it's a marriage to a thing. But when you're married to sin and when you're married to that lifestyle, you have to walk away from it and go back to your first love. And that is what the state of Jerusalem and state of Judea was at this time of when we were talking in the Gospels. They had married so many other things other than the Word of God. And John came into this, came into this world um, the son of a priest. He, he knew the law. He, he was raised up around the law. And, of course, we, we know several people that would look like John, I think, today, out in the middle of the woods. He lived in the wilderness. He ate locusts. He ate honey. He um, washed in the river. And if you know one of those people, you don't even have to raise your hand because I know you knew. Because it's East Texas. But John came declaring this, what it seemed to the people, a new gospel, a new thought about the remission and the repentance of sins. A remission is just, just thought about this, praise the Lord. Remission, we talk about cancer, right? And when you go into remission, it's, it's like you don't have to worry about it, right? Is that, if it's dormant. So when you ask for repentance of your sin and you get remission of your sins, those sins become dormant. Those sins become no more. Unless you turn back to them and you relive the cancer. But if you turn away and repent over and over again, those sins remain dormant. I was, I was thinking about, I was trying to find 
some interesting facts about the word repentance. And I, I, I have one, one thing that, it's an object lesson, I hope you all enjoy it. But the word repentance is means to turn around. Now, I heard, I think I did it. I can't even remember. I said repentance means 360, which it's, it's not 360. 360 is this. But repentance is 180. And I was thinking about what, what's so important about 180. But if you think about it, Brother Justin, 180 divided by 2 is what? 90. So two 90-degree angles makes a 180. So we live our life 360 if we don't change something. We just keep doing circles. Brother Adam, can you help me make a circle out of this thing on the floor? I said, I need a rope. I found an extension cord. Just make it right here. So, we have, we have a rope. We have, we have life, and it may not be perfect, but I hope, hope you get the point. It's, it's 360. We just keep going round and round in circles. One day after one day after the next day, we just keep living life in a circle. So and then, we, of our lifetime, it's a 180. It's, it, it's a straight line. This is birth. This is death. Our spiritual life, this is sin. This is destruction. This is hell. And this is heaven. So, I'm walking toward hell I'm walking toward death so the first 90 degree turn of my 180 has to be mercy it has to be confessing my sins it's saying God I realize I did this and I don't want to do it anymore but the second 90 degree turn toward heaven because if you just keep going like this and I, I did something nothing's going to change you're just going off into oblivion and eventually you'll just circle back this way because life is a circle but when you take that next turn and say grace I need you to take me to heaven I need to keep walking the right way. I, I'm going to rely on you so I, I can trust in you to be able to lead me to heaven. I'm going to do as much as I can. I don't want to do the sins anymore. But, but it's insanity to think I can turn this way and keep doing sins and go toward heaven. Because doing the same thing and expecting the same result is the literal definition of insanity. So we have to take one 90-degree turn from confessing our sins and saying, 
Lord, I messed up. And then we have to realize that God's grace is so much. And he can save so much. He sees something in you that nobody else sees. He sees potential and promise in you. And he wants to see you in heaven. That's why he created you. He created a free will, but he wants to see you in heaven. So we take the second 90 degree turn and just trust grace and do what the Bible says to do and not turn away from the sin that we were doing. And then that gets on the the right path to heaven. Of course, this line is not straight at all. But I I was thinking when a person gets pulled over for a... No, I just keep keep it going. I, I have another one. <laughs> when people get when people get um, pulled over for a potential DUI, right? Driving under the influence, they have to walk a straight line. The officer looks in their eyes and says, "You ain't doing okay, okay." <laughs> And then they ask them, usually, I think that's why they created the white lines, right? No. <laughs> On the road? No, I, I don't think, I don't know. As, as long as they don't make me walk, oh, I'm not even going to get pulled over, praise the Lord. But as long as I don't, don't want to walk in the middle of the road, that's, that's the uh, second option, but I don't want to do that. So I'm glad they created the white line for those people. But... When we're living in sin, we're drunk with sin. You've heard the term drunk in the Holy Ghost. You can walk straighter drunk in the Holy Ghost than you can ever be drunk with sin. Because drunk with sin is a circle. It's a 360, just like I was talking about. It's just going over and over again, just stumbling all over the place. Brother Justin, but when you have the Holy Ghost and when you have Jesus, even when you're drunk in the Holy Ghost per se, you can be sober and walk the line. But if you release the Holy Ghost, and this is the, this is the word, this is the this is life that you're supposed to lead, this is the word of God that you're supposed to follow, the laws and the rules and the, and the statutes that you're supposed to follow. And I'm, I'm drunk in sin. I'm not going down there. I'm going to just go right back to hell. But when I have the Holy Ghost, I can walk the line all the way to the finish line. All the way to the finish line. Let's open some scriptures and talk about his word. You've seen the examples, so let's go to the word and prove the examples. Let's go to Luke 13. Verse 5. Jesus says, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And he was talking about a parable 
a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. The fig tree was living its life. If you look at a fig tree in the seasons, it makes a circle, just like our life. And, and he sought fruit from this place, and he sought fruit from this tree. And the parable says, Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it to the ground? Instead of making a 360, it was just going a straight line down to death. This fig tree or this life was not making any progress toward fruit. And God was saying, if this tree doesn't repent, if it doesn't turn around, you're going to have to eventually exterminate it. So what that tells me and what I read into that scripture is eventually it will die itself. It it, it cumbereth the ground. It doesn't do any good. And that's what I'm doing when I'm drunk in sin. When I'm, I'm going down the wrong path, I'm, I'm not making any fruit for the kingdom. He says it again. He says it again. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Acts 17 and 30, Brother Justin. I'm going to get a few scriptures up. Acts 17 and 30. Go ahead. There came a date in Acts 2. Where God said, just, and that was the law, that was, that was the things of the past, the Old Testament. But now, here comes a time where you have to repent of your sins. It's just not a rolling over. In the Old Testament, every year it was a circle of life. You had to push back. You had to push back your sins by sacrificing lambs, sacrificing heifers and all kinds of stuff. Pushing back the sin of all, of all the th- things that you did that year, you have to push it back. But it is eventually going to fall back right on top of you. It's like, it's like being buried in the ground and trying to push dirt and trying to get out of the six-foot hole. Over and over and over, it's going to come down on you eventually. That was the Old Testament. But in Acts, we see Peter saying at the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We see John baptizing for repentance. We see, but he had no promise of the Holy Ghost except Jesus was coming. He talked about that. There is one better than I. 
There is one better than I that is going to baptize with fire. I'm baptizing with water because you see that you've done wrong, and I'm going to bury you and, and say that you repented. But there's one coming after me that is going to baptize with fire, and you're going to have the ability to hold on and walk to the finish line. I'm just baptizing you because, man, I've done wrong. That first 90-degree turn. John had completed the 90-degree turn, and he helped so many more to help do the first 90-degree turn. But when Jesus started coming, and Acts 2 happened, that's when the second 90-degree turn could come into fruition. He said, you do have a promise of heaven. You do have a promise of grace. I died on the cross so you could go and you could be free from sin. And you could leave those sins be dormant behind you. Acts 3.19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come for the presence of the Lord. You have to be converted. You have to realize and say, I'm a full convert. You know, a, a convert is someone that is convinced of something. That they give their life to something. When you are converted, that's when your sins just... That's when God can say... Nope. That cancer, that, that, the cancer of sin, the cancer that may be in your life that you deal on a daily basis with, it can be re, in remission. It can be dormant. He can go, and you can walk away saying, I'm going to live for you, Jesus. I'm going to live in your grace. I'm going to live in your mercy. I'm going to live in your power. And get to the finish line. Something I noticed. I was looking at the word repentance and the word repent. And I found in Exodus 13 one of the first mentions of the word repent. And, it, and this is talking in of Pharaoh's and in Moses' time. And it says, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although, the, although that was very near. For God said, lest preadventure the people repent. That's not the good kind of repentance, by the way. That's just turning around. This is in the common sense of just repentance in general. When they see the war... They will return to Egypt. So I, God had just delivered the people of Israel from Egypt, this, and where they were slaves for like 400 years. They were under bondage. But he didn't lead them through the easiest way possible. He, he, he didn't want for them to just walk out of Egypt where they were slaves, where they had been 
under bondage and right into a war that they couldn't handle. And say, what are we doing here? We're all getting killed by the Philistines. Or we're all under bondage under the Philistines. Just like we are in Egypt. Let's just go back to Egypt. That's, that was where we see repentance. Just a simple turnaround. And that's what you can do today. You can say, I don't want to go this way. I don't want to do this anymore. God, I can, I can see what I did. I know what I did. And grace, take me home. Grace, take me home. Thank you, Lord. How long we got? I've got a long, a lot more time, don't I? Okay. So 1027, 1026, praise the Lord. Why don't we lift up our hands and just thank God for Him. His repentance, His mercy, His grace. Oh, hallelujah. We want to be baptized in your love. We want to be baptized in your mercy and your grace, oh God. We see the sins that we did. We know what we've done wrong, oh God. We want to turn a 180. We want to turn around and do the right things for you, Jesus. We want to see things be done in the spirit world, oh God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have any questions, if you have any um, uh, further questions about repentance, I'm sure one of us can help y'all, uh, help anybody that wants, wants to seek repentance and wants to seek the Holy Ghost because it's for all of us. It's, it's for every one of us. The Holy Ghost and the help that you need is for every one of us. Praise the Lord. Let's take a five-minute break. Praise the Lord. I'm sure Uncle Junk, I mean, Hop is going to be, man, he was short. Give me Uncle Junk. He can 